Hi, I'm Lauren Klaas-Schneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Jesse Berger, the director of The Government Inspector and founding artistic director of the Red Bull Theater. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for uh, spending some time with me. You bet. No, I should thank you with between your artistic directorship and directing of this play, and goodness only knows what else is coming up this season. Mm. I'm um, I'm really thrilled. But let's let's just dive right into the Government Inspector, written by Nikolai Gogol, okay. a Russian satirical play originally performed in the 1840s. What about this play makes it relevant and so funny? In, the US in 2017. Well, there's so much. There's so much, but it starts. It really starts with Gogol's original play, which was a which uh, was a satire on small town uh, bureaucracy and buffoonery. And somehow, uh, and and I shouldn't really. I should probably eliminate the phrase small town because it starts with small towns, but it grows. It could be a big city like New York City, and somehow that um, that knowledge of everybody's. Um, all of our, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, unquenchable or insatiable um, desire for, um, oh, or <laughs> let me start over, all of our foibles and vanities and um, and um, humanity's um, silliness, um, he captured, and he captured it sort of top to bottom in a, in a social spectrum that is still recognizable today. And then we had the good fortune of having a wonderful American playwright named Jeffrey Hatcher, who wrote a just crackerjack, brilliant, funny as hell adaptation of the play, uh, which is, I think, I don't know Russian, but I read about a dozen versions, and uh, and and I and I, and I read one that was quite literal, and I think that Jeff's version really gets close to the spirit of Gogol, while bringing uh, the humor very much into an American idiom. And uh, and Jeff's version was the reason I wanted to do the play because uh, it's a play that a lot of people study in college, and when with Red Bull's mission, we're always looking for rarely produced classics like The Government Inspector, but without Jeff's. Uh, hilarious version, uh, our production wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be as successful as it's been. Oh, that's great to know. That's great to know. And for you to select it for a play that you wanted to direct, Mm -hmm. what made you attracted to directing Mm -hmm. Jeff Hatcher's adaptation of The Government Inspector? Sure. Well, I've I've known Jeff's work for a long time. Uh, He wrote the play um, A Complete Female Stage Beauty and a number of other place that might be uh, familiar to your audiences, and I've, I've known him for about 20 years, and so I'm always keeping an eye on his work, and when I heard he had a version of The Government Inspector, we, uh, I read it, and we programmed it as part of Red Bull's uh, Revelation reading series. We do uh, month, monthly readings of uh, mostly, uh, mostly rarely produced classics, mm-hmm. and it just brought the house down that night. So I knew from that time, and that was about five years ago, that I wanted to do it. It was really about looking for the right time to do it. And somehow, 2016-17 seemed like the right year for a play about uh, buffoons and buffoonery (laughs) and in bureaucracy uh, and all sorts of um, satire on on government. Um, And and I will also say, just on a personal note, I've always loved Gogol. I've loved, uh, since I was a literate person, I've loved Gogol, and I've loved his short stories, The Nose and The Overcoat and The Diary of a Madman. Um, And and I think I have a, (laughs) this might be revealing too much, I think I have an affinity for the sort of uh, 
slightly off kilter or upside down world view that Google has and it has something in common with uh in a in a twisted way, something in common with the Jacobeans that sort of were the mm. the um, cornerstone of Red Bull Theater's mission or how we launched the company with um, these guys who were writing around the time of Shakespeare but had a, a just different perspective than he did. So we in rehearsal we used to laugh uh, or I used the phrase a few times, go go goggles, you know, we were looking at the <laughs> looking at <laughs> looking at the world through a kind of just a kind of um uh, pr- uh um crooked kaleidoscope vision where everybody's foibles uh, are exaggerated and um and all of our characteristics are um not quite cartooned, but um, but uh, uh, blown a little bit out of proportion to the point where they can be humorous in this case. Oh, well, your your insight comes across so strongly, and <laughs> um, the uh, Google goggles <laughs> is definitely a part of really focusing in on that for for an audience member. Now, yeah. there's a glowing review that the New York mm. Times talks about how you've assembled a quote doozy of a cast. Mm. Yeah. Talk about working with these amazing, amazing comedic actors, oh, and so many of them. Thank you for asking about that. Oh, it's, it's just the joy of my spring and summer. I mean, it's just been a hoot from beginning to end. And and uh, you know, I said you know the, you asked to think about. I forgot what your first question was, but there was sort of part one is Gogo's, part two is Jeffrey Hatcher, but part three is this wonderful cast of of what makes this play so funny and and resonant and relevant and fun to watch today. And it started with Michael Urey, who joined the project about this time last year. Mm -hmm. I sent him the play, and he liked it, and he said he would would do it. And and then, uh, you know, assembling the cast to work with him and around him uh, has just been, it was just a delight to try to come up with a, who are the funniest actors in New York and who can really, you know, who can really play you know, really great actors, but who also really know how to get a laugh out of anything. And and with uh, with Jeff with Jeff's script, you know, you you have um, uh, a line. Oh, I don't want to give anything away, but but you know, someone like Mary Testa delivering a hilarious line is like uh, uh, gold comic comic gold on top of comic gold. Uh, so it, it was so much fun, and 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 they really they they work. It's like a terrific ensemble. We laughed all the time in rehearsal, and uh, you know these comedies can sometimes be really hard work. And everyone was exhausted at the end of every day, and and but um, but we had fun from beginning to end. And I remember as we moved into the theater for the first time, and I thought, okay, we've been laughing a lot in rehearsal. In directing 101, they tell you never, you don't laugh during comedy rehearsals. You'll you'll kill it. You'll get to an audience and you won't get any laughs. But and so I was worried. I thought, oh, I hope we don't, uh, I hope we don't have a dud on our hands that we all thought was really funny in rehearsal. Um, but it turned out that audiences kept laughing right along with us, and, and the actors have continued to be inventive right through the run. And there are new new things every night. And we've added a few things here or there, and made made a couple trims and added bits, and um, and it's just been nonstop delight. Oh, great! It's great to hear, and I'm not surprised. And as an audience member, the show is an absolute blast. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. No, it's 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 a total complete smile ear to ear <laughs> thank you and knowing that you're working with such difficult material and to make farce and satire funny is probably one of the hardest things in the world and you've managed to do it so brilliantly for you as a director what was the best part about directing this comedy hmm. 
Well, that's I, I don't know. That's hard to pick out. I think I think the the best part really was really were uh, and they continue when we when we occasionally go into rehearsal with an with an understudy or something. But uh, the really the best part was playing with the actors and figuring out what's the best way. I mean, Jeffrey's written this great six lines, um, for instance, that that ends with a punchline. What's going to be our best way to deliver it? And and playing with these actors and trying different variations. I mean. That's the fun of it. Um, it's sort of like kind of problem solving or puzzle or you know it's like a Rubik's cube. And if you can just get it just right, you can you can really bring the house down, mm-hmm. you know, or you can get a chuckle. <laughs> so so fine tuning that and and playing with the actors is, is the most fun. But the and the, the real and then the joy, just the pure joy of audiences sharing in it that, that it sounds like you you enjoyed as well i, I mean i i you know when you're a jaded theater maker oftentimes you go to a comedy and i'm usually that guy who sits in the house and and everyone around me is laughing and i'm just sitting there you know kind of uh rolling my eyes biting my tongue and wondering why everyone else thinks this <laughs> so, this is so funny but in the government inspector i've seen it you know at least a hundred times now i'm still yeah. laughing and i'm and i and then we have repeat audience members who are coming back and, and loving it and so it's second answer to your question is uh it's just so much fun to watch with an audience and people come up to me or the actors and and just the other night a colleague said what a relief to be able to be in the theater and laugh at something like our current political situation or it lasted and just the last period just mm-hmm. to be released and uh, so I, I'm you know that's another added bonus that it feels like the play is serving a, a need right now that people you know, <laughs> we need a break and, uh, and it has enough to do with contemporary life without being without without forcing you to think too hard or take it too seriously uh, I would just say I think it also might be a little reassuring um from the political standpoint, that 150 years ago there were there were some similar things going on, mm-hmm. and humanity humanity seemed to survive. So maybe there's hope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last question: Could you share with us, without giving too much away, a story mm-hmm. of something that happened during rehearsal in the studio, or when you came into the theater, or within an early performance that just surprised you, made you laugh, and remember part of why loving all this? Um, yeah, let me think for a second if anything comes to mind that really, uh, well, I, I, you know, this is not quite exactly that, but I'll tell you one story and you were, you were set to interview Arnie Bergman. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a poor understudy for the wonderful Arnie, but Arnie, I cast Arnie fairly early in the process to someone who Michael and I had both worked with previously. Arnie had been in our production of the mystery of Irma Vep. And we're we're talking, we're, we're, one one moment, we're talking about, this is a story about Arnie. Arnie Burton. Right. Um, Sorry about Arnie yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's uh who's a wonderful actor and, and was uh was in our production of the Mystery of Irma Vep a few years back, uh, when we did the revival of that and he was so funny and I, I knew I was gonna have I was trying to get Arnie in this play and I thought I had the perfect part for him, so I called him up and I sent him an email and I said, Here's we're doing this play, Michael's doing it, we both love you, we'd love you to be in it. Uh here's here's a role that I think you'd be great for and Arnie read it. And um, he also had worked with Jeffrey Hatcher, the playwright, on a couple of other projects, and so he was interested and excited about it. But he didn't—he he, was—he was sort of lukewarm, or he thought the part was okay. But he, he was also interested in another part, and he suggested that the two parts could be uh, played by the same actor. And I had—we had some doubling already planned for the production uh, that Jeffrey Hatcher had written in. 
but I hadn't seen what Arnie saw, which was these two roles never appeared on stage together. And so I thought I'd read it, and I talked to Jeffrey Hatcher about it, and we discussed it, and I thought, okay, well, that's, that's fun. I know Arnie can do a quick change act like nobody's business, and I know he can play multiple characters and, and really fool an audience and and, uh, and be delightful in both parts, so we'll do it. And then, as first rehearsal, Lauren, we, we uh, discovered, which none of us had noticed, was that there was this wonderful scene towards the end of the play where one of Arnie's characters imitates the other character. <laughs> and we all just burst out laughing at the table at our first table read. And we just thought that was hilarious. And it continues now to bring the house down. But it was just an unexpected gift of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know, an inspired casting uh, <laughs> request from Arnie. <laughs> unexpected gift. Let's just leave it with that. And that's okay. a total treat. So thank you for your time and sharing your insight and your stories. Thank you, Lauren. It's a pleasure talking with you. I'm Lauren Schneider with Jesse Berger from the Government Inspector at New World Stages, presented by the Red Bull Theater. Thanks.